Welcome to episode 26 of the Farming Tech Podcast. This is Michelle Miscali, Senior Editor of Farming Tech Magazine. And this is Kristen Harm, Associate Editor of Farming Tech Magazine. Farming Tech Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. Kristen, what are we talking about on today's episode? Well, today, Michelle, our guest happens to be Bob Ward, who's the chairman and CEO of Elox Pharmaceuticals. As you'll hear, Bob has some interesting insights on patient advocacy, and he actually wrote an article for us in our March edition. We'll play Bob's interview after this quick break. So we know you've been keeping up with our podcast episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, among other apps. But did you know we also have a pretty cool social media presence? Our social media expert, Lisa Higgins, keeps our readers and listeners up to date on latest articles, podcast episodes, and industry trends. We'd love to interact with you and hear what you have to say about our podcast, article content, and magazine through our Twitter at FarmExec, our YouTube channel at FarmExec, and our Instagram at FarmExecutive. And then, of course, you can always find us at FarmExec.com. Hello, hello, podcasters. Today we have the pleasure of speaking with Bob Ward, Chairman and CEO of Elox Pharmaceuticals. Hey, Bob, how are you today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Bob has written several articles for PharmExact, including for the March issue about his personal experience working with patient advocacy groups. I'm really excited for our listeners to hear about why, as CEO, attending these events and connecting with patients is so important to him. So, Bob, why don't we start off with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your company. Thank you, Michelle. Um, you know, I've been in the industry uh, since the mid-'80s, working at both small and large pharmaceutical companies. And one of the things that's happened over those periods of time is that as we've worked with drugs and diseases that affect smaller populations, working ever more closely with patients becomes so important. So today, ELOX focuses in on small molecules that we're developing for orphan diseases, and the diseases we target, it's a specific mutation where a single nucleotide change means an individual cannot make a protein that's essential for healthy function. And so by restoring production of those proteins, we hope to improve individuals' lives. So in your article, Bob, you mentioned ELOX's commitment to working with patient advocacy groups who share a similar vision. So why is that something that the company is passionate about? Well, as I mentioned before on these orphan diseases, when you think back to when the AIDS crisis first hit, it was patient advocacy that created the opportunity for fast-track drug approvals to occur. And it was patient advocacy that created a seat at the table for patients in FDA decision-making. So as we've worked either with the orphan drug division or the review division, Going with patients is very important for ensuring that the regulators hear from the patients what it is that they expect of the drug profile. But more importantly than that today, many of these diseases are molecular, meaning that patients are donating tissues or patients are involved in developing registries, and it's engaged patient advocacy that enables the research to be undertaken in a way that was, was never happening before, but it's so essential for these orphan drug diseases. To give our listeners some context about how important working with these groups is to ELOX, 
the person going to many of these conferences and meetings with these patients is actually you, Bob. So I think that's pretty impressive that with your busy schedule, this is something that you make a priority to be a big part of. As CEO, what insights do you gain from going to these events instead of sending someone else or maybe just, you know, sponsoring an event? Well, I remember years ago being at the New Jersey bio meeting uh, where Gunnar Esiason was there with his dad, uh, Boomer, talking about the importance of research in cystic fibrosis. So Boomer took his successful sports career and really created a patient advocacy group that's affected policy, research, engagement. And so as a result, when I go to these meetings and I have a chance to talk with patients, often they express areas of interest, which is helpful for us both as drug developers, but also in making sure that we understand what therapies have to look like to fit into a patient's life as well. So we really value the interaction and have felt that uh, the patient advocacy is a, a center focus now for, for drug development as well. One of those patients you met through attending these meetings has really made an impact on you uh, and the organization. Tell us about her and the professional relationship Elox has built with her and her foundation. Yeah, earlier uh, last year, there was actually a patient-focused drug development workshop uh, in Washington, D.C. that the FDA uh, participated in, and it was led by the Cystic Fibrosis Research um, Institute. Institute. So Emily came and talked with us about her experiences both as a patient but also her experiences as a patient advocate. So Emily had started her own group um, to focus on cystic fibrosis, and it involves some of the leading uh, physician scientists, uh, raises funds for cystic fibrosis research. But what was particularly touching is she talked about her own experiences as a patient and how as her health status has changed, why the focus on the search for treatments for nonsense mutations is of a particularly high focus now across the cystic fibrosis world. So we really appreciated hearing Emily's story and have continued to talk with her about ways that we might modify our own drug development plans. Michelle actually spoke with Emily last year, and for our listeners, you can read more about her experience if you just search Emily Cystic Fibrosis on the PharmaZec website. Bob, you're a veteran of the pharma space. How have you seen the role of patient advocates, specifically them working with pharma change over the years, and what do you think pushed that change? Well, I think patient advocacy is ever more important today than ever. The original orphan drug legislation was very successful, and the amount of research today going on with orphan drugs is greater than ever. But because of that success, the laws themselves are now being looked at to be changed or weakened. So if you think of the Susan B. Komen Foundation, a group that's been so important for advocating uh, for research and treatment in breast cancer, those are the types of programs that help the regulators recognize that patients have a voice, that prioritizing research is important, and it has directly translated in things that bring drugs to market faster. Uh, today, there are incentives for orphan drugs related to diseases that primarily affect pediatric patients, which remains one of the greatest unmet medical needs in the country today. And really, the voice of those children needs to come from adults who are willing to serve as patient advocates on their behalf. So 
Patient advocacy um, becomes important for what happens to the legislature, what happens for healthcare providers. It's the basis for why access is made possible, and that the voice of the patient advocacy will become ever more important as we work on personalized medicine, where advances in technology allow treatments to be created for patient populations that might be small because they're so well described, but patient advocates will be the very important. The cutting research discovered in these orphan drugs applies to a variety of other diseases, and I think patient advocates have to be able to talk about not just the impact of what it meant for the person and their healthcare status, but why the discoveries then go off to affect the treatment of other disease states and larger groups of people. So uh, patient advocacy will be, particularly as we look at the next four or five years in the industry, probably one of the most important elements of what disease areas get funded, how many research programs there are in that space, and when they come to market, will patients have access? A lot of our pharma sources tell us that working with patients can get complicated because the pharma um, industry is highly regulated. So how does a pharma company navigate that while still connecting with the people that they're hoping to help? Well, part of it's um, making sure that you have a solid policy foundation. You know, when we received calls from parents or grandparents, many of them are individuals that hold prestigious academic, uh, scientific, or medical appointments, and all of themselves are well-established clinicians or physicians. So when they are seeking uh, the ability to engage on compassionate use or under the new right to try um, legislation, access to drugs in the research pipeline. The people who make these calls are very um, skilled individuals who, because of their experience and background, see the opportunity for how these can be applied. So it's our responsibility as an industry to make sure that we set uh, reasonable expectations remind everyone that particularly for drugs that have not yet undergone regulatory review, it's important that the number one priority be safety for patients and that while there is a high unmet medical need, we have to still keep the regulators in place because they play such an important role of making sure that the benefit-risk ratio is appropriate before uh, large numbers of patients are treated. So, uh, advocacy is fantastic, but it's really having strong policy and, and close, good working relationship with regulators that's critical. That's some really uh, great insight, Bob. Thank you. Um, as mentioned earlier, Bob has written some articles for PharmExec, and one of those was about how to keep and attract talent. So before we wrap up the podcast, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. I'm sure many of your fellow C-suite leaders want to know what's the secret. How do you attract and, more importantly, retain good talent? Well, you know, I, I look back at lessons from other companies. When I was at Genentech, one of the, the uh, policies was the idea that on Friday, scientists would work on their own project, working on company projects Monday through Thursday. And the idea of that Friday free time was to give people the creative elbow room to follow their own nose and pursue the areas of science that they think have the potential for the greatest breakthroughs. I think that's an example of what does attract and retain talent, because talented individuals have the opportunity to work almost anywhere today. There's more biotech companies than ever. Uh, funding is there for great ideas, 
But to really have programs move rapidly, we need individuals with high levels of talent and specialized expertise. And when we bring them in, we brought them in because we believe they know what's the right thing to do, and we're there to help facilitate landing on the ideas that make sense to all of us and, and then executing on them as a team. And I think as long as people have that creative elbow room and the ability to really make an impact on, on driving programs forward, that's what really attracts people uh, that want to be part of something special. That's awesome. Um, for our last question, Bob, one of the things that you mentioned also um, in the article was that innovation is a team sport. Um, as the CEO, how do you put together a team that works well together? Well, remember, we all look at um, challenges with a different perspective. And the solution to the next challenge is probably one that today none of us has thought of. But we each have experience from the past of ideas that might have worked. And if we can create an environment where everyone's comfortable sharing their ideas, we have the comfort to also modify those ideas, then we can land on something that really works. So I think that looking at highly creative and successful organizations like IDEO, I-D-E-O, and how they handle creativity from a sport perspective just reminds us that it's individuals with a wide variety of backgrounds, room to have different perspectives, and an emphasis on pulling those together so we can build on the ideas of others that really helps teams work well. That's perfect. Thank you, Bob, so much for joining us today. We're really grateful that uh, we have your insights to share with our listeners. Thank you. I really appreciate giving me the opportunity. I think we work in such an important area that it's uh, terrific to have a chance to think of the contributions we can possibly make to all these people's lives. And now it's time for this week's leadership tip from Pharma Execs. Hi, this is Bob Ward, Chairman and CEO of Elox Pharmaceuticals. I think the best business advice I got was from a senior leader who'd had a long and successful career who advised me when I stepped into the leadership role to not be shy about taking action. He said, when you're aware that there's something that has to be changed, the only times he ever had regret was when he hesitated to make a necessary change. So he encouraged me, when you see something that you need to change, Take action then, move it to the position where it needs to be, and that's the best way to build a path towards success. Thank you guys for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember that you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, or on Instagram at farmexecutive, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of FarmExec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director lisa.henderson at ubm.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at todd.baker at ubm.com.